evening, friends. Shall we bow our heads just a moment for prayer? Our kind Heavenly Father, we are grateful to Thee tonight for this privilege that we have of coming beneath this roof to worship Thee in spirit and in truth. And now may the Holy Spirit, as promised to us, to abide with us forever. We pray that He will manifest Jesus Christ to us tonight in the resurrected power of His being. Bless all the needy tonight, those who are needing wisdom. We pray that you will give them the wisdom of God to know how to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Bless those who are sick and afflicted, Father, and may tonight they have faith to be healed. And when the service is closed tonight, may we say as those that came from Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within us because of his presence? For we ask it in his name. Amen. It is indeed a privilege at any time to stand before the children of God to serve our Lord Jesus. I appreciate the compliments of Brother Bose, but as I have said all times, Brother Bose loves me. And I'm happy tonight to see Brother Gordon Lindsay here, one that we've been associated with for many years, and we appreciate his presence. And now, tonight being Monday night, our crowds has always dropped off on Monday night because it's hot and, and it's Monday night. And people, some can just only maybe come one night, but I was wondering, or as many as was here for the first time, I wonder where that packed audience last night was standing at the walls where they were at tonight. It didn't seem to be very many. Well, that's the way it's always been in church life. Uh, I trust that those who are here for their first time, and that God will bless you. Those who've been here many other times, that God will bless you. And I pray that our Lord Jesus will manifest his love and power to all. And at the end of the service, may we feel that it has, been, it has been good for us to gather together again. I pray that there will not be any afflicted or crippled or sick people in the audience at the end of this service. <clears throat> of course, you know, I get many letters. That's just only natural for a person with a preacher or so forth. We get many, many letters. Of course, many times I don't get to read some of them unless they're personal or so forth. They're just standing for maybe prayer clause or so forth. We send out thousands of those weekly all over the world. And then when I hear a testimony, and in the meeting, this meeting here, uh, a young lady gave my son a little word here, and it brings back a memory of maybe people that was at the meeting. It was a Hammond meeting. And I hope and trust that the young lady doesn't think this or be embarrassed, which I know it would not, being a Christian, if I should read this letter that was handed me by my son. The Dear Brother Brown, I'm the girl you prayed for July the 11th, 1952, in Hammond, Indiana. I asked God to find a way for me. And when you prayed for me in the first meeting of healing I had ever been in, I believed that was when God found a way, and I was healed then. And that night I was saved in my own bed. I was not anymore an alcoholic, but praise God, I am healed, because I believe and 
and Jesus Christ healed me. The next day, a mother asked me to call her daughter. I had never seen her in my life before. She was a dope addict. I took her to the prayer line, and praise God, she's healed. I know you said that God has sent you to Hammond, and I sure know that he did, because you brought me to Jesus, just like Paul and Silas in the Bible time. I have given my testimony to lots of people since being healed. Please pray for me, Brother Branham. This July the 11th, I was saved and healed two years Two years, praise God. My dad started going to church with me, and God has earnestly blessed me since. I give my heart to Jesus. The people next door and others know it's only the power of God that could change a person like that. I love you, Brother Branham, for bringing me to Jesus. I am going to be in your meeting here a whole week on my vacation. I love that verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Your friend always, in the love of Jesus Christ, now, I just better leave off the name because I, it's a young lady here It's in the building now. It's from Hammond, Indiana. And young lady, if you happen to be in the building at this time, I remember, now remember reading the recording or hearing it, the young dope addict that was brought, I believe, when she was brought to the platform, she was under a disguising, and the Holy Spirit told her who she was, and I believe she was a dancer and partner, dancing partner to Fred Astaire, a great famous worldwide known dancer. Not only that, but she had been married. She had married a Catholic boy, I believe, the best I remember, and there had been a divorce in the family. And she was uh, a very much of a dope addict, and I believe peddled dope or something. That girl now is in the World Church, uh, Mr. Jaggers' church, the World Church in Los Angeles, California, studying to be a missionary, the last I heard of her. And how that the Lord Jesus, I believe, to this young lady, if I'm not mistaken, the Lord Jesus called her out in the audience or up somewhere and told her her condition, and there God saved her and healed her from being an alcoholic. God bless you, sister. May your testimony long live for the praises of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the scriptures tonight, I wish to turn to a portion here found in Genesis to speak just a few moments, and I want to read some then out of the book of Hebrews. By the way, I want to say this too. I may never see this woman that's in the building. She's probably just a young woman. She, her name is signed Miss. So I may never see her, but she had some tidings in the envelope that was sent to me, and she'll never know just how bad I needed that right at that time. It come in just exactly right. And God bless you, my sister. Or is this the lady? Are you the lady? Well, that's fine. Here she is standing right down here. Probably ta are you taking recordings? Well, down here taking recordings. Well, praise God. Just raise up your hand so the people can see you. She's down in the orchestra pit here. There's a young lady that was healed, an alcoholic called out in the line sitting right here. 
That's the way. Don't be ashamed to let your testimony. Not ashamed. That's wonderful. Standing with tears of joy in her eyes tonight. If I never had one more thing to happen in Hammond, Indiana, setting them hot buildings without being air-conditioned where we had to fan, and that is a thousand times double pay right there, besides the other hundreds of miracles our Lord performed during that meeting. Thanks be to God, and may you live a long, happy life, free. I've looked at a man an alcoholic. And see that hideous, scary look on her face and eyes, glary, and you're sitting there tonight with a peaceful, loving look on your face to the peace of God upon you since Jesus came into your heart. That's the way. It's from death unto life, sister, and may he always keep you that way. Walk the straight and narrow way and tell every alcoholic you come in contact with, Jesus can heal them. In the book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter. I wish to read two potions here just before the service. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Jeremiah, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. And they both went together. Now, in the book of Hebrews, Paul speaking, in the eleventh chapter, the fortieth verse, and God having provided some better thing for us. Now, I wish to take my uh, thought tonight on God providing healing for this generation, being that our services are are mostly devoted to divine healing. Healing of the soul, healing of the body. Now, God the Creator, speaking here to Abraham, the patriarch, had given him a promise of a son to Sarah, his wife, who was now nearly been the age of around a hundred years old or ninety years old, and Abraham was a hundred. And that was the time after twenty-five years of waiting for God to fulfill His promise. Little Isaac was born. And then after Isaac became of the age of about 16, 18 years old, God told him to take Isaac out and to offer him up for a sacrifice, destroying ever hope that he would be the, the heir of the world, because he promised him this promise through his seed, which he had none, and then being a hundred years old, still believed God, and Sarah ninety. But God performed a miracle of divine healing. He had to heal Sarah. Is that right? He had to heal Abraham, Abraham being a hundred years old, and Sarah ninety, about forty years past menopause. So he had to heal her, and he healed her all over. He turned her back to a young woman. I believe I preached on that one night while being here in Chicago a few years ago. At Sarah was turned back to a young woman, and so was Abraham turned back to a young man. The Bible proves that. That they, from a hundred years old, probably dropped back to around twenty-five or thirty years old, God showing in that what he was going to do for all human beings. And to you women and men are sitting here tonight, as myself, beginning to stoop in the shoulders and the hair is turning gray and slipping out, remember that not one hair will perish. God has 
promised that, and you'll return back someday to a young lady again and a young man to live forever. That's the word of the Lord. We will be that in the resurrection. What a hope it gives us. And sometimes when we think we have a few hard trials, just think of that blessed hope that waits for us just outside there, that when we will return back again, that flower come to its, its pinnacle, to its very heights of beauty, and then it begins to fade, goes back. A seed drops out of it, reproduces life again. And a man or a woman, when they're born, they raise up to a young man, young woman, about the age of 20, 25, and they're strong and healthy, and their hair is black, and the lady's beautiful, and the first thing you know, the wrinkles begin to slip under the eyes, the hair begins to turn gray, death has set in, and it's going to take you. But God has completed his picture, just what you what will be in the resurrection. And what you was at about 25, if you were normal and healthy and strong, that's what you'll be in the resurrection. God has promised that. Give a, a confirmation of the promise right there. And so Abraham, then after the boy got to be a pretty good-sized lad, God woke him up one night out of his sleep and told him to take little Isaac and destroy him. Now Abraham still staggered out of the promise of God through unbelief, but took little Isaac and went to the mountain and offered him up. And just the time that he was fixing to take his life with the saber or knife that he had, while the Holy Spirit called him, the angel of God, and said, Abraham, stay your hand. And when he was just about to take the life of his only son, a type of God the Father, taking the life which spared not his life, the life of his only begotten son, Abraham's son was spared. And then at that time, there was a lamb that bladed, that was hooked into the vines out there in the wilderness by the horn. And Abraham went and got the little lamb and brought it over and laid it down and sacrificed it. Did you ever wonder where that lamb come from, that little ram? Now Abraham had went three days' journey from his home out into the wilderness. Three days, a normal man can walk 30 miles a day, and that would be 90 miles' journey from his, out into the wilderness, and then he lifted up his eye and saw the mountain far off, perhaps another ten miles away, or maybe farther. And he asked the, the servants to abide there while he and Isaac went on. And there, in that desolate wilderness place out there, where the children of Israel journeyed through years after, still a wilderness, where did that ram come from. Not only that, but he was way up on top of a mountain where there'd be no water or nothing for him to live on, and probably a hundred miles from anybody's camp and way out in the wilderness, and this ram was caught in the wilderness by its horns. Did you ever think of that? Where did that ram come from? God gave himself a name there. They call the place Jehovah Jireh, which is interpreted, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. God had sent Abraham to this destination, to this place, 
And when Abraham got there, God was under obligation to keep his word to Abraham, and he provided a sacrifice in the crucial moment when it was needed. And if you notice, it wasn't a vision, it was really a ram. Abraham picked it up, tied it, laid it on the altar, and stabbed it with his knife, and blood run out of it, and it died. A, lamb, a ram that had been flashed into existence in one minute, and the next minute went out of existence as a sacrifice. God can do all things. He's Jehovah Jireh. When the crucial moment has been come, God is able to step in right there and provide the sacrifice, or provide the way. When God has made a promise, God's under obligation to his word to keep it. God can make sea serpents crawl out of that lake out there so big that would mesh Chicago down if he seemed fit to do so. That sounds like it's mythical, but he could do it. He could create one. When the God speaks, he can speak life into existence or he can speak life out of existence. He's God. And we underestimate his being and his ability, or he can do all things. And now, he is God providing. He provided that at that moment. And he provided also rain in the heavens when there had been no rain. But Noah preached that there would be rain. And so when it come time for the ark to float, well, the rain was in the heavens. God just pushed the world over and let the elements come into the earth and brought rain. For he was God, he had made the promise, he'd keep his promise. That's right. And if God made a promise to us tonight to heal us, he's God, he made the promise, he'll keep the promise. Amen. For he's God, he can't do nothing else. In order to be God, he's got to keep his word. The only fault is, is you and I staggering at his promise. Yeah. That's the reason he can't get to us, because we weaken at the, the moment when we should not weaken. He was the God that led the children of Israel out into the wilderness, and when the Red Sea had to be crossed, God provided an east wind to blow, and just blow a ditch right across the Red Sea and let the children of Israel walk across on dry land. Yeah. How did that wind make one little shoot like that to cut a streak about wide as this aisle for those people to walk across and dry the land? And with the wind blowing at such a terrific speed, the children of Israel could not have walked against it like that, but the waves stayed, the water stayed their places, and the children of Israel walked across on dry land, and the unbelievers trying to walk across drowned in the act. Yeah. He's God. Amen. He will provide. Amen. He's always provided. That's right. And they came straight to the wilderness of sin, and there they found some trees and a spring. But the water was bitter, and God had promised to take care of them, and God had a little bush growing on the side of the bank that Moses cut down this bush and threw it into the water, and the water that was contaminated become pure and sweet. God will provide, won't he? See, if God has promised, he's got the provision for it, for his promise. And then into the wilderness, when those people needed water in the desert, dried up because they was grumbling, because they figured that they'd rather be back down in Egypt with the garlic pots and so forth, 
than to be out there eating angels' food, yeah. walking by faith. Yeah. And they were grumbling, and the water supply was taken from them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's the matter with the church today. That's right. The water supply is cut off because of our grumbling and doubting. That's right. If you'll go into a desert, you'll find that every bush that you uh, come up against will perhaps have thorns and stickers on it, because it's raised in a dry land without water. You take the same variety of bush and put it in a moisture land of moisture, it'll be soft, because it gets plenty of water. And you take a church that's always fussing and stewing about this is days of miracles is past, just remember they're in a desert and out of water. <laughs> And a church that's loving and humble and flexible and feels and goes with the Word of God, remember, they're living by the fountain that never runs dry. Right. David said, Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, set us not in the seat of the scornful, walketh in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. See? Whatever he doeth, it shall prosper. His leaves will not fail. He'll bring forth his fruit in season. Now, when they needed water, they cried unto God, or to Moses, and Moses cried unto God for them. And look how ridiculous God did it in the eyes of science. In other words, he told Moses, after they'd been in every little ditch hunting water, he said, go up there to the rock, a rock, the driest place there was in the desert. Surely, if there's no water down there in that ditch where there was a spring one time, there's not going to be any water up there on the hill in that dry rock. And God, in the eyes of this world, does things sometimes that seems ridiculous, just to confound and confuse the wise and prudent. But we'll reveal it to babes such will believe and have faith. God does it because He's, he's God. He will provide. Now, he promised them he would provide everything they had need of till they got over into the promised land. The trouble with Christians today, they don't realize what is provided for them. Many people doesn't realize that the great glories and powers that's provided for them. Coming into Jesus Christ is like walking into the arcade down here, our great department store. If somebody gave me a great department store down here in the arcade, and told me, this is all yours. Well, the first thing I'd do, I'd want to walk around in there and found out, find out what I owned, what was mine. And that's the way it is in Christ. When you become a Christian, walk around, find out what you own, what's yours. All things are yours, given to you freely. Everything that Christ died for is yours, every one of them. And you've got a checkbook. With Jesus' name, signed across heaven, saying, Whatever you send this check to the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. You're just scared to spill it out. That's all. Well, if I went into an apartment store and they said, All oh, this is yours, I'd look on every shelf to see what belonged to me. And some of these things is up high, I couldn't hardly reach them. I'd go get me a stepladder and get up so I could look around and find out what it's all about. Wouldn't you do that? That's the way when we come into Christ, if something seems a little high, Step up in the gospel ranks and find out what belongs to you. God's got a stepladder that reaches coming to glory. Jacob saw it one night with angels coming up and down from earth to glory. It's all yours. God's provided it for you. Just get on his night and climb right on out of this earthbound people here that says the days of miracles are past. We are not earthbound people. We are heavenbound people. Filled with the Holy Ghost, climbing 
the ladder, going to glory. Everything along the road belongs to us. Everything Jesus died for belongs to us. Sure. God back there, the Creator, when they had need of meat, God caused the wind to blow from somewhere out from the sea. And here come quails in because they didn't even have to hunt them. They just picked them up and eat the quails. Where'd them quails come from? How'd they come from out of the sea? The wind is blowing that way. God brought them in from somewhere. I believe that he's God that would provide food for them, and he created those quails and just sent them down with his breath right into the camp. I believe God can do the same thing for every needy person here tonight. Can send the Holy Spirit in here to awaken your conscience of his being and give to you those things that Jesus Christ promised to you and died for you to have. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. When they got sick, they didn't have to go out and hunt up some remedies. God provided an atonement for them. He made a brass serpent and put it on a pole and said to whoever will look at that will get well. And every man that looked on it and believed, God healed. Now the brass serpent couldn't pray for anybody. It couldn't lay hands on no one. It had no hands to lay on. But God provided a way for them to look and live. It was a symbol. It was an ensign in the camp of Israel that the God of heaven lived in the camp with Israel. Amen. Yes. When they seen a man here with snake bite, nothing would make him well. And when he looked at that ensign with all of his heart and belief, the man you seen the next day he was well, it was a sign to every Israelite that they could look and live. Yes. God has lifted up an ensign tonight in Chicago and all over the world. The Lord Jesus Christ is lifted up for an ensign. To every alcoholic in here, here's an ensign lifted up for you. That Jesus Christ can set you free from drinking. To every sick person in here, if I'd ask tonight for how many hands has been healed, crippled, blind, afflicted, there'd be dozens of them go up. Ensign that God lives in the people today. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide for himself the sacrifice. When the serpent used as an ensign for many, many years, then after a while they got to worshiping the serpent instead of the God that it represented. The prophet went in and got the serpent and tore it up. Then there was no ensign. There was nothing left that the people could see or look upon and believe that God would still heal. And immediately there come a whirlwind down out of heaven to the pool of Bethesda, and God provided a way of healing for the people. And every Israelite that believed in God and believed he was a healer could step into that pool when it was trouble and be healed of any kind of disease he had. Is that right? When one ensign was taken away, God lifted up another one. When one way was ended, God lifted up another way. There was along came the Lord Jesus in the days of this. The pool was just about ready to be done away with. God has never left his people without a provided way for healing. That's right. And just at the time the pool was going to be done away with, the Titus was going to siege the walls of Jerusalem and burn the city, and Jesus had prophesied of it. Jesus Christ was sent on the scene, and he was God's provided way of healing. The woman with the blood issue realized that he was God's provided way. When they seen God working through that man, they knew that he was God's provided way. She said, if I could touch his garment, 
I'd be made well. Little Martha and Mary, when they was at home and their brother Lazarus was dead, all hopes was gone. He was even uh, decayed out in the graveyard. Four days, past his 72 hours, his nose would probably already begin to drop in. The different parts of his body, skin worms is in it. But they, Mary, Martha, rather, when she went to meet Jesus, she said, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. She knew who he was. Right. She knew he was God's provided sacrifice Amen. for life. For yes. he said, I am the bread of life that come from God out of heaven. And God had provided a life giver. He had provided the fulfillment of what he had promised in Isaac. Jesus Christ, his own son that he spared not, to provide an eternal sacrifice Amen. for every generation that would follow Jesus Christ, every generation after that would never have to look again for a sacrifice, for God provided everything the human race has need of in Jesus Christ. Yes. All the shadows, all the types were all fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was the rock that was in the wilderness. Yes. He was the lamb that died instead of Isaac. Hallelujah. Yes. There was the lamb that died in Isaac's stead in his place. There was a rock that was in the wilderness. There was a brass serpent that hung on the pole. There was the, the angel of the pool of Bethesda. The people was looking on the pool to find the angel, and here it was going right by them. Every type in the Old Testament was met at him, and he was and is God's everlasting provided sacrifice Amen. for sin and sickness. Yes. In him dwelt the powers to omit or to forgive every sin that was ever committed. Sin, sickness came an attribute of sin, and when sin was brought into the world, sickness followed it. Death followed it. And Jesus come to make a riddance of sin. And when he ridded sin, he ridded every attribute that sin produces. I hope you see it tonight. When he killed sin, he killed everything that sin produces. He killed worry. He killed temper. He killed everything that sin produces. Jesus killed it. When he died instead at Calvary, he was Jehovah Jireh, God's provided sacrifice. Here it is. After his going away, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'll give you another ensign. If I'll be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. And the things that I do, shall you do. Even greater than this, for I go unto my Father. And he commissioned human beings to go to all the world and preach the gospel and demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost until he returned yes. as a sign. Yes. It's God's provided sacrifice tonight is the person of the Lord Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit here tonight proving himself to be Jehovah Jireh, the Lord's provided sacrifice for your healing tonight. The person of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus Christ returning in spirit form. He said, I come from the Father. I go to the Father. A little while in the world will see me no more. Yet you shall see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, yes. to the end of the world. There he is, God's provided sacrifice. Amen. That can sway the hearts of true believers yes. from one side of the earth to the other side of the earth. Yes. Where they'll gather in hot buildings, go street corners, bear persecution, die for the very cause that it was made, it was created for them. Now, he's Jehovah Jireh. Now he said, a little while the world sees me no more. But when the Holy Ghost has come, he will testify of me. Amen. The Holy Ghost will testify of me and will take these things that I have done and told you and bring them to your remembrance and will show you things that is to come. Amen. God provided sacrifice. Yes. And tonight, my time's passed for speaking. But look, friends, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was God's everlasting, eternal, provided sacrifice. Yes. It's provided for your sin. It's provided for your healing. It's provided for your freedom. It's provided for your joy. It's provided for your peace. It's every attribute that Jesus died for, and he come to rid sin. Now, not to cover sin, but to rid sin. Yeah. And when, if, I, if the serpent had a foot, and it was uh, pulling me, the foot was pulling me, I don't have to cut the foot off to get rid of the thing. If I'd hit the serpent in the head, I'd kill the foot also. Is that right? You kill every organ of his body. Everything was of the serpent. If you kill its head, then you kill the serpent. And when Jesus at Calvary got rid of the sin question, he got rid of sickness and every attribute that went with it. He freely freed us. The devil put us in the pawn shop. But Jesus redeemed us. Amen. He's our kinsman redeemer. Amen. God made flesh kinfolks to us in order to redeem us from the curse of sin and sickness. Yeah. And tonight has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with the church and show signs and wonders of healing and salvation until he returns again. Amen. Yeah. How long was it to last? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye into all the world and demonstrate this power to every creature. These signs will follow them that believe how far to all the world. And when this gospel has gone to all the world, then I will return. These signs shall follow them to all the world. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues, or if they take up a serpent, or, or drink the deadly thing, it would not harm them. And if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Jesus said that that would be the same sign, just like Moses lifted the brass serpent. It was a sign that God was in the camp when the waters were pouring from the rock. It was a sign that God was in the camp when the troubled water on the pool of Bethesda, it was a sign God was in the camp. When Jesus healed the sick and made the lame to walk and the blind to see, God was in the camp. Amen. 
When Peter and John passed through the gate called Beautiful, lifted up the man that had been crippled from his mother's womb, it was a sign God was in the camp. When the Holy Ghost returned on Pentecost and endued that bunch of people with power, it was a sign God was in the camp. Nineteen hundred years has passed, and every time a revival breaks out, any time in Bible history or in the world's history, signs and wonders has accompanied that revival. God is in the camp. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has provided a sacrifice for your healing. Do you believe it? Then there's only one thing to do, that is to receive it now. As I was speaking this afternoon to this little audience here, I thought I'd come down and talk to him a little while, and I found myself preaching so hard, I believe they could have heard me without a microphone down to the second corner. And then my boy said to me, he said, I thought you was going to teach this afternoon, Daddy. I said, I thought so too. But I just got so carried away with that bundle of faith that had wrapped in this building. You know, what it was, how God had made a way of escape for every one of us, and how that if we can preach the Word, the, the Word's laying here, but not you that reads the Word and say, I believe it, but you that receives the Word. Hallelujah. Oh. You've got to receive it. The ground has to receive the wheat in order to reproduce life. That's right. And you have to receive the Word of God in your heart to produce what the Word says it will be. Every word of God is a seed. Jesus said it was. The sower went forth sowing seeds. He said the seed was the word of God. And I notice, a corn will bring forth a corn, a wheat a wheat, a barley a barley. Whatever it may be, it will produce. And if God's word is a seed, as Jesus said it was, and it's placed in the human heart, and they're watered by faith, it'll produce anything that God said in his word that it would do. It'll produce. If you need salvation... Come unto me, all your labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. If you need healing, he was wounded for your transgressions. With his stripes you were healed. God has provided the sacrifice for sin and sickness and weary and trouble and sorrows and all these things. God has provided the sacrifice. He's sure tonight. Now, I trust that in Jesus Christ's name, the Son of God, that he will come and let me tonight, his unprofitable servant, or use this body of mine to lift up and use my voice as his, as an ensign to you that Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, lives among us tonight. May you receive this as his provided sacrifice, not me, but him that's standing here, his provided sacrifice for your sickness and sins tonight. He's present. He's here now. I think they had the pictures here tonight, I believe. Many of you seen the picture of his being. I was called a while ago by a man that wanted to know if I'd return to Chicago after a while with a great wide thing that would spread all over the whole city and so forth like that. He'd just been in the meetings. He said, that's it. That's what Chicago needs. He said, just don't get out far enough, that's all. And wanted newspapers and things to get to it. Now, the thing, they got the picture. There's... It's had the picture taken several times. There it is, the book. There's a photostatic copy of what the George J. Lacey said about it and so forth. There's another picture that a newspaper photographer got one time. It's in there and so forth. It's right here now at this platform. You might not be able to see it visible. Maybe you can. I do not know. I know that he's here. But if he is here, he'll speak visibly that you'll be able to know that he's here. 
And that's an ensign to you that God has provided Jesus Christ for you at Calvary, and I say to you as his servant that your healing has already been completed 1,900 years ago at Calvary. And the only thing you have to do is to look and live. God bless you while we pray. Heavenly Father, tonight in the name of thy dear child Jesus, we love him because he has given us this great sign here, that he has given us the Holy Spirit as a witness of his resurrection. We thank thee because that he washed us from our sins. By his own blood he did this, and has redeemed us to God. We who were once aliens has now been made nigh to God insomuch that we are sons and daughters. And knowing this great promise, that some glorious day it'll all be over, we'll set down the kingdom. These frail mortal bodies will be changed, free from sickness free from death, from old age, from sorrow, and will sit down at his feet in the kingdom under the evergreen trees near the throne. God help us to look forward to that. While we're here tonight in this journey as Israel was that we just spoke of, how you provided for them food along the road until they got into the new land. You rained manna down out of heaven. You blowed quails into the camp. You got water out of the rock. You got honey from the rock. You provided everything they had need of. When they were sick, you provided an atonement. You lifted the brass serpent by the hands of Moses as an ensign. And tonight, Lord, we are happy to know that thou hast redeemed us from sin. And tonight we have this great fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We thank thee for these believers here tonight who's come out to fellowship around the word, the preaching of the word. And now we ask that the Holy Ghost that's in the building now will anoint everyone in here. And may we see the working of the reproduction of the life of thy dear Son, the Lord Jesus, who stood and told the people what they were doing, what they were thinking, what they were doing, what would happen, the woman at the well and so forth. And all these things, he said. I do nothing except the Father shows me first what to do. And we're happy tonight that he promised us that we'd do the same thing. And now, Father, we pray that you'll fulfill that word. In the name of thy dear child, we pray. Amen. 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 Now, Christian friend. <coughs> Night after night, week after week, month after month, year after year, I stand on platforms in different parts of the world to try to speak of our Lord Jesus, trying to minister to the needy with all my heart. I'm going to ask you tonight, it's a serious thing, and I honestly, I, you may not agree with me that is, doctrinally speaking. But if you don't agree with me, give God enough respect tonight to remain seated a while. Be reverent during the time of this service. Don't move around. You do, it interferes. 
There's no need of me trying to explain to you. I'm sure you wouldn't understand. I don't myself. But you contact each spirit in the building. You know where they're at. And then when that's shifting around and moving in and out, that interrupts. If you want to get the best from the meeting, be reverent, be in prayer. We don't stay here very long. And now, when Jesus was here on earth, and let me say another thing. If you are an unbeliever or a skeptic, I would advise you not to stay in the meeting, because let it be known unto you that diseases go from one to another. And many who's been in the meetings know that that's scripturally, and it does do it from one to another. So I wouldn't stay where evil spirits will be at large. I do not say that to scare you. I say that because I love you. Even though you may be an unbeliever or skeptic, that don't keep me from loving you. I do anyhow. Because it's not me that does the loving, it's the Lord Jesus in my heart that makes me love you. See? And me as a man, I wouldn't do it. I'd want to know why, when, and how. But the Christ in my heart says, this is me. I died for that person. See? So it's all right. See? No matter what you do, I still love you anyhow. Not from my lips, from my heart. And every Christian does the same thing as long as Jesus abides in the heart. And I'm only here to help. You say, well, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, millions has been healed. Tonight, I guess if it was called worldwide, for statements there could be millions of people that's deaf, dumb, blind, crippled, twisted, and all kinds of diseases that could stand with statements healed by the power of God. One of them would be a confirmation, but millions could stand. So. If you're an unbeliever, I feel sorry for you. My heart bleeds for you, because you can't help that. You were born to that destination, says the Bible. You were born to be an unbeliever, and you're lost. Very, very doubtful you'll ever be saved, because the Bible said that these people were foreordained of old to take this place. And if you're a believer tonight, you should be the happiest person in the world. And if you're on the fence tonight, as we call it a worldly expression, on the fence, don't know which way to turn, God's still having mercy on you. Please turn to the believing side tonight, that Christ can be kind to you and save you while you have a day of mercy left. Remember, no man can come to me except my Father draws him first. So if you're an unbeliever, just think where you're standing tonight. If you're a critic, you're outside of God, outside of Christ. You're lost, hopeless, helpless, on your road to hell. No sign of redemption for you nowhere if you're an unbeliever. What a pitiful shape to be in. I'd rather be in any other shape in the world than to be like that. Anything else besides that. You're alienated from God, will never be with God. You'll be in darkness all through eternal ages to come. If you're a believer and believe on the Lord and he's reconciled you or recognized your faith by giving you the seal of his promise, the Holy Ghost, you have the assurance of being with him in glory forever. There's the two crowds tonight. The Bible said in the last days that he'd have signs and wonders moving amongst the people. He'd have scoffers making fun and laughing like they did in the beginning. We've got both crowds in Chicago tonight. What side are you on? Someone wrote me a little note. I don't care what you would do, you'll never make me believe it. Now, you know where that person is? He's lost without God, right. and yet he's an elder in a church. That he was. You can't, if they can't believe, they just can't believe. 
How could I uh, make myself a porcupine? I couldn't do it. A leopard cannot clean his spot. So if you're happy in Christ tonight, be thankful. The way I have to minister is by divine gift of the spirit of a seeing spirit that foresees. May I explain it just briefly? Jesus and every apostle, or most of the apostles, were in the same way, especially Paul and Peter. There's nothing said about the rest of them, only Ananias. Now notice, these gifts and callings are without repentance. It's your subconscious in connection with God that foreshows you things that was and will be. You get what I mean? Jesus of Nazareth, if when he was here on earth, he looked out over his audiences. He could see people. He'd tell them just what they'd done and what was wrong, where they'd been, what was wrong with them. He talked to a woman at the well, told her. He said to Philip, he knew where he had been, many places. He knew where a fish was, had a coin in his mouth. Many things that he did. The people said he was the greatest fortune teller ever stood on earth. He was Beelzebub himself, the prince of the devil. But his disciples and the one that loved him said he was the son of God. Now, you can take your choice tonight. Jesus said the things that I do nothing in myself. But first I see the Father do it, and then the Son does likewise. St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. The Father worketh, now worketh hitherto. Watch every scripture, but don't bear a record with that. Jesus, God giving Christ a sign or a vision what to do before he did it. A blind man touched his face, so he turned around and asked him what would he do. He said he might receive my sight. He said, your faith has saved you. A woman touched his garment, walked out there with a satisfaction that she was going to get healed. Jesus turned around looking for her, see somebody touched him, looked around. He said, thy faith has saved thee. Now that same Jesus, as he went away, he said, these things that I do shall you also. And it would be a sign to the end of the world that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Me as one, I believe it with all my heart, soul, and mind. May you do likewise. Now, last evening, we give out a hundred prayer cards. And uh, I think they were ours, I'm not mistaken. Ours. Last evening. And there's a hundred prayer cards in the building. And we begin at the first part of them last evening. Let's begin at the last part of them this afternoon and take the last fifteen of the prayer cards. That would be about from 85 to 100 to try them first. Is anyone here? Has, now, there may be some of them not here tonight, but if some of them got the prayer card number 85, would you hold up your hand? Ever who's got it? Number 85? All right. 86. Would you raise your hand as I call the number? Number 86, would you raise up your hand? Prayer card 86. If you look at your neighbor, it might be somebody deaf, dumb, or somebody's paralyzed and can't get up. 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, on to 100. Stand up over here to my right, if you will. And now, while we're doing that, thank you, brother. Now, while we're doing this, I'd like for the organ, if they would, if they would, the organist, if you would play on there, then Jesus came. Or can you play it right offhand, if you will? The Lord bless you. The audience, reverend, as you can be, don't stir. Just remain in your seats if you can. Be reverent. 
be expecting to see the Lord Jesus move into the building, move out over his people, and bless them, and do the very things that he said he would do. While you're sitting there, many of you in the building tonight, realize and understand that these few people that's being lined up here are just a portion of the people that will be healed tonight. There's many more healed out in the audience than there is on the platform. How many has been in my future, my meetings before, and knows that to be the truth? Amen. There's ten healed to one here. The only thing you have to do is have faith and believe. Now, if you can believe, God will heal you. Now, I want to ask you something. Let's just ask it this way. And say to everyone out there without a prayer card now, without a prayer card. How many is here without a prayer card? Let's see your hand. It was to be healed. Well, it's so many. Well, it's hard to tell who is who. But I want to ask you something. You know I do not know you. Now, we just got plenty of time. Don't be in any way. That's right. Well, you get the Russian. The Holy Spirit is very timid. That's right. And I don't want you to rush. I want you to be reverent. Like you have plenty of time. Then I want you to be deep in prayer and do this. While this song is being played, then Jesus came, delivered the maniac, and set the captive free. He's here tonight to do the same thing. If you want to place an if across the Bible, the Word of God is always right. Is that it? The Word of God said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus. Is that right? Yes. Amen. Jesus said he would be the same. Uh-huh. I'll be with you even in you. Now, it won't be us doing it, he said. It would be him doing yes. it in us. Amen. See? Not us. Don't misunderstand it. We're just yielded vessels as ministers, as gifted people for the church. If you need salvation... We have clergy sitting here who can preach the gospel with great power. They can tell you just what it means to be saved and how to get saved. It's for sickness, then I cannot heal you no more than I could save you. But God has given me a gift, and that gift is a seer. That's right. That sees vision. Right. As he said in the last days, your young man shall see vision. That's right. Your old man will dream dreams. It's the fulfilling of the Bible and how that these things would be. Now, I might be able to, in the way of phenomenal, by the help of God, know something, and God would reveal to me something that had taken place or some way where there would encourage your faith. To you strangers here tonight, if Jesus Christ would come here and stand here tonight, the only th- as far as healing or saving you, he could not do it. He's already done it. Is that right? How many believe that? Raise your hand. He's already healed and sick. The only thing he could do then, as being the king of prophets, the prophet of all prophets, yet he was a prophet. Moses said, The Lord your God shall raise up a prophet likened unto me. It'll come to pass that the who won't hear him will be cut off from among the people. Now, now when, if the king of the prophets was here tonight, the Lord Jesus, in a physical form, so you could look at him like you are, looking at us, and this woman here or somebody would come, well, there'd be nothing could be done, only he would just have to tell them something. As far as healing, they, they could not heal him because he's already done it. 
His sacrifice was complete. It was finished there. But these gifts are to bring you to what was finished at Calvary. Do you understand? Say amen. Amen. Gifts of preaching, teaching, all kind of prophetic gifts are to bring you to a realization of what happened at Calvary. Amen. It's you just to enjoy and receive the attributes of Calvary, not produce the, the attributes, to bring you to the knowledge of what has been done. The sacrifice has done been provided with just to get you to look that way and believe. Amen. The Lord bless you. That much. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Be all right. Now, just act tonight as though the Lord Jesus was standing here somewhere in the room in person. I know how you'd be, very reverent. Give your prayer as I represent him by divine gift, if the Holy Spirit will do it. You say, Brother Bram, you're stalling. That's exactly right. I am. I'm waiting till I feel his presence and know that the anointing is on me. I have a way of yielding myself. I stand on the street and do it. I stand down by the lakeside and do it when it's necessary. And the Holy Spirit comes when I'm talking to someone that's in distress and trouble. And right there on the street or anywhere at me, it'll tell them just exactly what they must do and so forth. There's many people in here could raise up their hands as a witness of that, knowing that's the truth. How many knows that's true? Raise up your hand. You see what I mean? To the people who hasn't, has only been in meeting, it's out in the street, anywhere, in the mountainside, on the roadside we meet in cars, anywhere. It's a yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. Now he is here, the angel of the Lord. It is here now. The one you see on the picture is now in the building. Now be reverent. Don't move around, please. Bring the patience. How do you do, sister? Now, I just want to talk to you a moment. You are the first person to come up here tonight. But while you're standing there, you're sure that, that it's just a little strange to you. Something like maybe you perhaps have never been in that condition before. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Did you ever see the picture of it, sister? The picture that we have here of it? You have saw it. Now, you you're, know that there's something taking place with you right now. Now, that is that very same being that's on that spirit is going between you and I right now. That's the same thing. At the day of the judgment, you'll see it. That's right. And I trust that you'll know that it's right in a few moments. As soon as he will give me your spirit into my possession, that by his grace, just talking to you like Jesus talked to the woman at the well, Talked to her about a drink, and he knew what was wrong with her. He told her where her trouble was, and it was true, wasn't it? She admitted she had the five husbands. Now, you're standing there, maybe you come up in this healing line for sickness. Now, he can tell me just exactly where the sickness is, what it's all about, or anything else he wants to tell me. I do not know you. I have never seen you in my life. And I don't know whether you know me or not, do you? You've seen me. Where was it at? In Chicago. Well, that's fine. All right. Then you just know me by sitting in the audience and looking, perhaps. That's it. Probably the closest we ever was together in life, as far as we know. But yet, God has watched you every move that you've made. He's watched me every move that I have made. 
Now you're standing there in need, and I'm standing here trying to help you. Now if I could help you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brute. But if I be God's servant and have told the truth of this gift, then God will testify that it's the truth. Is that right? Now the audience is the judge. Now just for this one case, this one case here, here's a woman, one of your Chicago women here, she's standing here uh, in need. I don't know what she has need of. She may have cancer. She may have tumor. Uh, she may have a nervous breakdown. I don't know. God does. I do not. And the woman don't even the woman don't even know me, and I don't know her. But God knows both of us. Is that right? Now, if the Lord will reveal to this woman while just sitting, standing, watching her or speaking with her, then will you all believe that the Lord Jesus? has brought an ensign to Chicago that he's the Lord that heals all your diseases. Amen. Now, I want you to just look. Now, I believe you said you were from Aberdeen, Mississippi. Is that so? Oh, I think, oh, oh, you saw me in Chicago. All right. I just wanted to talk to you. That's all right. Now, you are... I want this to, you know, look on me, as Peter and John said, just look on us, you see. And as Jesus tried to attract the attention of the woman at the well, so do I to you. Well, you've been living in Chicago, you've been staying here, but you do belong in Mississippi and you're figuring on turning back right away. You're going back. Is that right? <laughs> That's true. And um, your desire is a loved one. And that loved one is a husband. One time you had a happy home, but it was broke up by your husband backsliding, and he's become to drinking. And you're here tonight. The main thing, you are nervous and needy, but your main thing is to see your husband get saved. And you've come believing, and something come on your heart this very day, that if you could stand in his stead here and I'd ask God, I'm not reading your mind, but isn't that what happened today? That your husband drank when leaving. And a while ago and more, I see you sitting in the audience, when I saw a talking to that alcoholic, something come up on you that said, this will be the night it will be done. <laughs> there you are. There's the Holy Spirit here revealing. Now that's the woman's desires. That's in her life. Is that right, sister? If that's right, raise up your hand. Come here. Father God, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's here present now, I ask that that demon spirit of alcoholism that's bound her husband to break up their home and cause this trouble, may it come out of the man, I condemn it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, sending his word across the nation and condemning that spirit in her husband. May they be reunited and a happy home again for God's glory. God, that's your son. Hallelujah. Satan is bound him. He's my brother. Satan, come out of him. Yes. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I adjure thee to leave the man. Amen. Amen. Go and find it so, my sister. All right, brother more. Now, be reverent. You believe that God has, the Lord Jesus Christ has been raised up from the dead? Amen. Then the very things that he said that he would do, that he is doing? You believe it now? Amen. With all your heart? All right, be reverent then. 
and believe, you will receive. Do you believe it's sitting there, lady, praying, looking on me so sincerely? You believe God could reveal to me your trouble from right here? You do? You get old, you believe that sinus is going to leave you and you're going to get well? If you do stand up on your feet, the lady there's left. You believe that? You believe it's your heel now? If you believe it, you can go home and be well. And lady, you sitting out there at the end out there, you had it also. You believe you got well too of the sinus at the same time? Then stand up on your feet and you are healed also, you can go and be rid of it. Amen. How do you do, sir? You believe with all your heart? All right. I want you to look on me as God's servant and as your brother. And I realize that around you is a dark spirit, which is death, and it's setting up on you, and only God can liberate you. You're suffering, and the trouble is in your lungs. You've been to a doctor. The doctor has done some work on you. He couldn't do nothing for you, and he's given you up. And that trouble in you is black, it's hideous, and it's cancer. It's a cancer in your lungs. And aren't you a German? Yeah. I thought so. Come here. You write to Germany about this and tell your friends when I get there to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God Father, who made the man, I condemn the disease of his body for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and say to the devil called cancer, come out of the man for a testimony in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go rejoice. Have faith in God and believe with all your heart. And the Lord Jesus Christ shall bring to pass anything that you ask and believe that he'll do it. Now, every person in here, right now, of course, again, it's getting weak and getting numb. Now, every person in here can be made well if you'll just believe it. Amen. That's the insight. That's what Jesus said. These signs will follow them that believe. The works that I do, they'll do also. Is that the work that God did? What do you think about it sitting there? You're sitting there with the arthritis. Do you believe that God will heal you? The lady sitting there? You believe that God heals you the arthritis then? Stand up on your feet then. Stomp your feet up and down. The arthritis has gone from you. Amen. Your faith touched him, lady. Amen. The lady sitting there next to you has hardening of the arteries. She wants to get over too. Isn't that right, lady? Your faith touched him. You're healed now. You can go home. Hallelujah. Now your faith is moving. Just let it be loose. And the Lord Jesus Christ will bless you and will give you everything that you have need of. Have faith. All right, bring the man. All right, be reverent. Believe with all your heart. The Lord Jesus Christ will perform just what he said. How do you do, sir? You believe me as his servant? You do. All right. Then we are both eternal bound man. And I must talk to you as a dying man talking to a dying man. Knowing this, that God will judge us both at the day of the judgment, when the secrets of every heart shall be disclosed at that time. But you've come to me tonight because you're suffering, and you've got a stomach trouble that's bothering you. Is that the truth? And also, you're totally blind, and one eye almost blind in the other. Your eyes look good and clear, but you're going blind. That's true, isn't it? If that's the truth, raise your hand. 
Do you believe God sent me to give you your sight and to heal you? Through the name of his son, Jesus? I'll tell you what's the cause of your stomach trouble. You've got an ulcer in your stomach. And that's caused by habits you have. Smoking. That when you do that, puts it down the nicotine on your stomach, which burns that and causes you to be, you can never be better until you stop. Are you ready tonight to surrender everything to God and be made well? You'll do it if you will raise your hands to him. Now bow your head, audience. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life, give blessings to this dear man, I pray. May your spirit come upon him, and may he receive his sight, and let him live, Lord. He wants to live. He don't want to be blind, walking along the street, pecking with a cane. He wants to live. And may this demon of blindness that struck this poor man's eyes, Lord, you've fed him all of his life. You've given him the very breath he breathed. And I pray that you'll take this blindness off of him tonight and make him whole. Through Jesus, the Son of God, I ask it. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, please, just a moment. Now, you keep your eyes closed too, sir, just a moment. Now, Almighty Creator of heavens and earth, be merciful to the man as I ask for his healing, not for show, Lord, but that the people might know that you can restore sight. I ask it humbly for your glory and say to the blind spirit that's blinding the eyes of this, my brother, come out of him in the name of Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and eyes closed just a moment. Now raise your head, Mr. Now open this arm inside. You see? See? Put your finger on my nose. All right? Now put your finger on my nose. All right, you raise your head. The blind has received his sight. On his blind eye, watch here. Let me hold you. Put your finger on my nose, sir. Put your finger on my nose, sir. You are healed, sir. Go, the Lord Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Happy now. Look, look now, baby. The man standing here said, looks different. You can see all around out there now. Everything's all right and normal. God has healed him. God bless you, sir. Don't sin no more. Stop that smoking. That's your ulcer will go out of your stomach. You'll be a good man. Right. God bless you. Go be filled with the Holy Ghost now and give him praise. Praise be to the Lamb of God who can restore sight to the blind. The man was totally blind in one eye and almost blind in the other. He has good normal sight. Then Jesus came and set the captive free. The same Lord Jesus that did that night can do tonight as he did then. How do you do, sir? You believe me to be God's prophet or his servant? Yes, sir. You believe it. I believe you to be a sincere man that's standing there. We're strangers to each other, as far as I know. We never met in life. But that is true, isn't it? Yes. But God knows us both. Now you're in the presence of his being, sir. Not your brother, of his being. And I can tell you now that you have come for the same cause that the man come for a few moments ago. It's your eyes. You're going blind. Something happened in your eyes. You can't stop it. It seems moving on. You've come from a long ways here driving. You've drove here from way somewhere southward. You come northward. And you're in a city that's got a great big building in it. They're facing the east is a lovely garden like it's a high building, beautiful place. It's Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Go back. Jesus Christ will send you back with your sight to be well. God bless you for your faith. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Only believe, have faith in God. If thou canst believe, thou shalt see the glory of the living God. Chicago, what is the matter up here? Why is this world in such darkness? Why is gross darkness upon the people's heart? Why does the Spirit call out constantly and the Gentiles are shutting their hearts from the message? Where are you because you're fed well, you're clothed well, knowing not these mercies come from God? Do you know the hour is coming when you'll be weeping and crying and warning of these things when you'll not get them? Wait while time is at hand and while you can receive God, receive Him. Amen. But it's next all right. How do you do? You believe with all your heart? You believe if the Lord Jesus would let me know what's on your heart, that you would uh, you would be healed or whatever he's asking? You believe it? With, you, you believe it. All right. I trust that he will, sister. We'll do it. I begin to see coming between you and I now a long stretches of land. It looks like wheat or prairie country, small cities placed about. And there's a woman that's a lame, and she is dying with a cancer. And that woman is in Canada. And if I'd say the place looks to me as is a Saskatchewan, and she has got a cancer, and she's a relative of yours. The woman was once tried to get to me, and I failed to be at the place because of a snowstorm that helped me up, and you've come to stand in her stead. Is that true? That was not my voice, sister. That was his voice. Now, do you believe you're standing in his presence? If I shall ask for the blessing that you asked for tonight, and you with your faith believing that he is here to hear, will you receive what you've asked for? Kind Heavenly Father, I ask this for your glory, that the people might know that you're the Lord Jesus. And I pray that whatever is on her heart, that her desires will be met. Grant it, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go and receive now. Don't doubt. Just believe with all your heart, and you will receive. Amen. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Distance has nothing to do with God. He knows all things. Does all things well. Do you believe that? Yes. You believe God will heal you of that heart trouble sitting there? You believe it, lady, with all your heart? You don't have a prayer card, do you? You don't need a prayer card. Yes. You don't need a prayer card. No, you're pointing towards someone there. I said you, the lady with the flowers on her hat. Yeah. You have heart trouble. You believe the Lord will make you well? You believe me to be his servant? You're interested in someone else that's the person sitting next to you. That's your daughter. And that daughter 
is very bad in need, tumor, and she also has a nervous condition that causes mental upset. Isn't that right? If that is right, raise your hand. Put your hand over on your child, sister, and sister, lay your hand on your mother. Lord, look down now with eyes of pity, and may they who their faith has touched thee, and thou hast turned thy servants to them, and I'm offering this prayer in their behalf. May they both be healed for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. You said if you get the people to believe you and be sincere when you pray, nothing shall stand before the prayer. And you said these signs would be given that they might know that thou hast sent thy servant to pray for the sick. Now I pray that they'll be healed through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. God bless you. May you go and be well. You, lady, right now, your heart beats different, doesn't it? You're healed. You can go home. It looks to me that right now, of course, I'm getting weak, but there stands that fiery pillow hanging right there in that same place. And I see it's by an elderly-like woman, and she's a thin-like woman with her hair combed back, and she's suffering with a vericoist vein in her leg. Now, she's in this section somewhere here. It was right up. There's the lady sitting right there. There's a little black town. Raise up, sister, that I might pray for you. Lord, her faith looking to those others and seeing what you are doing, I ask that you heal her, Lord, and make her days many and happy. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. Go home now. May the vericoist vein dry up from you and not bother you no more. Jesus, make you well. Come, lady. Do you believe with all your heart? You're a very healthy-looking woman, but you suffer with a female trouble, don't you? You believe that he's going to make you well? You want me to put my hands on you because that's the way you're taught, so come here just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, may our sister be healed for God's glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go now and believe. All right, sister, would you come, please? Oh, my. What a, what a time, Christian. Someday on the other side of the evergreen tree, when we talk of this night, remember, I'm saying now that the Lord Jesus is here. He loves you all, and I believe it's him speaking through me to you now. Look to him and live. Look to him and be healed all the ends of the earth. Look to him, Chicago, the hour of your decision is at hand. Choose Christ tonight. And pray God to send an old-fashioned revival throughout the city. Amen. How do you do, sister? You want to get over that tumor? You believe God will heal you without an operation? Come here. Dear God, standing with my back turned to her, but feel that demon pulling, begging. He knows that faith is near now. And I ask you, Lord, to give faith to our sister and to thy servant. 
And now in the name of Jesus Christ, may the life go out of this tumor and may it die like the tree did that you cursed. Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. God bless you. All right. The most dangerous disease of the world, heart trouble. <clears throat> but Jesus lives in the heart also. He is the strength of your heart. Do you believe that? Come here. You've got a nervous heart. Lord, quieten the nerves of this mortal being standing here. You quieten the waves on the sea that night, said, Peace, be still. The great calm swept over. The everlasting winds folded their wings and sounded to the bottom of the sea. And it was nestled to sleep at peace while the master of the sea crossed to heal the sick. Peace to this woman tonight, Lord. And in a representative way, I lay my hands upon her and say to these nerves and to this heart that's jumping and flashing, be still. Obey the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ as he speaks it from his word. I ask this heart to quieten, and these nerves to quieten, in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom I represent. Amen. Now look how quiet you are now. See how you quieten? Now you can go now, be well, be made well. Go and just feel different now. You're healed. Let's say, praise be to God. My little lad, my son, do you believe that if the Lord Jesus was here, Mother, what do you think he would do if he was here? And this little lad, you brought him to the Lord Jesus. Now the first thing, the Lord Jesus would know what was wrong with that boy, because he was the one who gave him. He's the one who fed him. And if there's any sickness wrong with the boy, the devil done it. Little lad, would you give your heart to Christ and serve him with all your heart if he would make you well, love him? Would you do the same, lady, for the life of this child, serve him? God bless you. Frankly, you have been trying a little closer walk to find favor with God that the diabetes of this child would leave and he would get well. Isn't that right? Because a child of that age with diabetes is in a terrible condition. But who made the blood of man? God did. You believe, and even had faith, if I lay hands on that child, that he'd get well. Isn't that true? Yes, sir. Now come here, laddie. The Lord Jesus is here. He'd tell you them kind of a thing. And he'd lay his hands upon you and bless you. You'd get well. Now you're just a laddie boy. But Jesus went up to the Father. He had to give his mortal life that you could be healed, for it's through his blood he paid the price of sin and sickness. And he gave his life, his blood, for that, but he's returned again in the power of the Holy Spirit and using his church, his ministers, to lay hands on the sick to get well, as he told them to do. Now, do you believe that if I lay my hands on you and ask in his name, he who could tell me what your trouble is, what your mother's been doing, and all about your life? Do you believe that if I'd asked him now that that disease would leave your body and you'd be a good well man and would serve him? God bless this lad. 
who I bless in your name. And Father, God, who makes his blood beat through my body at this minute, and thou dost make the blood that beats through his body, Satan has done the evil, and I ask that Satan removes from the body. Come out of him, thy enemy, in the name of Jesus Christ. You may not be handled by a doctor, but God is more than you are. So leave the boy. Through Jesus Christ's name, God's provided sacrifice for healing. Amen. Blessings on you, little lad. It will lead you. God bless you. Stop your worrying. Rejoice. God bless you. Let's believe with all of our heart now that the Lord Jesus is near. As you come near, sister, cold, damp, spirit, anointing, meaning death, you suffer with a cancer. But the Lord Jesus Christ can take the life out of that cancer and make you well. you believe that? Now, doctors do all they can do, but they're a man like I am. Now, I can do all I can do. That is, do what Jesus told me to do. Now, can you do what he told you to do? Believe. Whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe you receive, you shall have it. Can you believe that with all your heart? Can you overshadow all of everything else and just walk and say, Tonight I am healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm standing here now by a man that I believe to be his servant. I walk up here as a stranger to him. He tells me what's wrong with me and tells me that Jesus wants to heal me if I only believe it. Will you accept it? Then come forward. Kind Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant that this little woman who's standing here full of curiosity and everything. I pray that you'll cast away every fear, every doubt, and the demon that binds her now may it leave her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I go happy rejoicing, sister, and praising God for his goodness. <clears throat> All right. Believe. All right, of course we see. You believe God heals your eyes right then sitting there? Amen. God bless you and go right on. I want you to bow your head a minute for a deaf spirit on the woman. Would you bow your head this moment? We're not trying to... Now, a while ago in showing that the blind could see, I didn't do that to be smart. Certainly it's given to me to cast out evil spirits. But I'll let the people have their faith. You must have faith yourself. But sometimes it seems something in my heart says, do this, that the people might know that I am with them. That's the reason, by the grace of God, restored sight to the blind man. That's the reason tonight that you will see, maybe, if God willing, the woman here, as you see, the deaf spirit, she's trying to lean forward to read my lips. But now you bow your head, keep your head bowed, till I ask you to raise your head, please. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, thou dost know all things, and know that thy servant is not trying to make a show of thy being, but, Lord, only that the people might know that you're God and I am your servant. I ask for this to be done widely open just now. And this woman is unprivileged of hearing the gospel. The Bible tells us thy word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. Now, if she, this deaf spirit has her bound that she cannot hear, then, Father, she cannot have faith like she would if she could hear the gospel. Then I ask for a miracle. I ask to restore the hearing of this woman. And grant it, Father, for your glory. If thy servant has found grace in thy sight, let it be so tonight. For your glory and for an ensign to Chicago that they must repent or destruction lays ahead. I pray that you'll grant these blessings through Jesus thy Son. 
And now, Satan, you who deafen the woman, I charge thee by the living God and by the Son of the living God, whom I represent here by a gift of divine healing, minister to me by an angel, come out of the woman, you can't hold her. I'm free. You I'm hear me now? Yes. Open your eyes, look this away. I'm free. You hear me? Yes. Say amen. Amen. I, I love the Lord. I love my Lord. You had something wrong with your feet. Yes. They're healed also. Now go on your road rejoicing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's say praise the Lord. Hey. A woman been hey. dead for a long time. Well, when I asked the demon to leave her, every fiber of her body shook. And she began crying out right then, I'm free, I'm free, I can hear, I can hear. Right at that time, Jesus, the Son of God, the Bible said when the death spirit went out of the man, he could hear. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. Stand close, you all. Um, look this way, lady. Um, you believe me as God's servant? You're ready for an operation. And the operation is for a growth, which is called tumor. Is that right? You believe God will take it away from you? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, may it leave tonight, I pray. Amen. Go believing, sister dear, with all your heart, and God will bring it to pass just exactly what you've asked for. My lady, you believe it'll heal you? You believe it'll take away the, the diabetes? Everything that's wrong with you, you believe it'll make you well right now? Lord Jesus I pray that you'll heal this woman and make her completely well for your glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go rejoicing. I just reverent again just a moment. I don't know whether one of the ladies that left just then was healed. I've seen it hanging this away the Spirit of the living God, but they were moving and I couldn't tell just what happened. It looked like someone was standing. Now, it's, it's following the lady that was just come by this way. It's riding around her. It stays, or oh, it's a lady sitting there with a pink-looking dress on. With her head down, she's in prayer. She's suffering with diabetes. You believe, lady, with all your heart? You believe that Jesus, you were in prayer, you were believing. He heard your prayer. The lady, I see what it was. Remain standing just a moment. That lady was just healed, wasn't that diabetic also? That's where that spirit was calling from. Oh, it was you in prayer to be healed of diabetes. Isn't that right? That is true. And that, what that spirit was following the lady, if you want to see grace of God, look here. Someone was disturbing, moving out. And I know something happened. It was a woman in prayer. A lady was healed of diabetes here on the platform, moved around, and I missed the woman and the Holy Spirit with grace following this woman until it got right there and stopped. Satan, knowing his time to come, the Holy Spirit pointing the woman out. I've never seen it before like that. You're a believer, sister, are you? You're also, that's your husband in front of you there. Is that right? He's suffering with a nervous trouble. Isn't that right? I'm not reading your mind. That's your child that's afflicted. Isn't that right? You also have a daughter. Isn't that right? She's in Bible school. Isn't that right? She has a girl. God, make you 